Welcome to Make a Difference, a podcast about reflection and self-improvement. Each month, the podcast will choose a series of quotes centered around a topic for reflection and then thoughts for discussion and implementation. We all get stuck sometimes, and these shows are designed to show us a way to get unstuck. These shows are published Monday through Friday. Join us daily to make a difference on how you view your personal outlook and hopefully improve it. We will kick off the show with your host, Mark Quinn, after this short break. Welcome back to Make a Difference. I am with George Rodriguez of Blue Missions. And George, I really want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me today and get the opportunity to share what Blue Missions is about. And I guess for people that are listening that are unfamiliar with the organization, can you explain to me who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Blue Missions is a nonprofit organization that was founded about 10 years ago uh, by two young um, young university kids. Uh, it so happens they were my oldest daughter and, and my second son, and they they basically had a missionary experience that I took them to a few years prior, and it was related to building gravity-driven aqueducts for poor communities in the Dominican Republic. And uh, my son specifically decided to open this nonprofit at the age of 19 in order to take other young men and women on this experience. And uh, here we are 10 years later and have completed over 130 projects and impacted over 30,000 people in the Dominican Republic. And we have done that uh, by taking over 2,800 volunteers. Wow. It's it's dynamic because uh, last week in the show, we talked about how people can make a difference without understanding the big picture just by doing a small piece. And just to hear the story and how the organization started, uh, it just it just continues to echo that individuals can make a difference if they just have the passion to pursue their ideas. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So in the Dominican Republic where you operate, what do you see as the uh, greatest needs and, and how are you successful in addressing them? How do you go about making a difference in that community? Yeah, well, as I mentioned before, I, I took my children on this uh, mission trip with the objective of teaching them, um, uh, on one end, the values of what they had back home, right? We, we kind of live in a bubble here in the United States. It's a first-world environment where you have access to clean water, you have access to sanitation, we have access to so many things, and in taking them to experience that, you know, they were able to see how most of the rest of the world lives. Uh, there's over 780 million people that do not have access to clean water, and there's over wow. 2.3 billion people that do not have access to a clean bathroom. That's one in three individuals in the planet that do not have access to a clean bathroom, and one in nine people that don't have access to clean water. And in having that experience, that triggered the effect of Blue Mission getting started, and we continue to work community after community. And as I mentioned before, you know, it's, it's been 10 years, and we have been able to build either um, sanitation projects or gravity-driven projects for over 130 communities in that period of time. 
I kind of want to stress the fact that you shared when you said one in three, you really drove home to the point of just how much of a bubble we do live in in the United States. I made coffee this morning. I turned on the tap. Out came the water. I made coffee. It was yeah. just and about you went that. To, and you went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, quite frankly, past those actions, I didn't give it a second thought. You know, you don't. I mean, when it's when it's as quick as just turning a switch and what you desire appears in front of you, you don't give it a second thought. And you're right. That bubble, as you said, I, I just really want to drive that point home because when you did say one in three do not share the experience that you and I take for granted in the United States every day. That is staggering. Yeah, you know, we when we present to high schools or universities or churches or even corporations that want to go on our volunteer trips, because our trips are open to all of those segments, one of the things that we, we kind of show in our PowerPoint presentations is take a moment to count how many water sources you have in your own home. And uh, from the multiple sources we have in a bathroom to the dishwasher to the three hoses we have in the backyard and the sprinkler system and the ginormous pool, you know, you come up with six, seven, eight sources of water. And these people that we're dealing with have to walk miles to go to a local dirty river or a well that's not clean to pick up water and bring it back home every single day to do the basic things like cooking and washing their clothes and drinking dirty water. I imagine as you prepare these people, part of that uh, is driven home when they have to prepare to be able to operate in that type of an environment and they're away from the comforts and expectations of what they take for granted at home they've got to prepare in a different way to be able to operate there, too. Yeah, you're referring to the volunteers that yes. we take as they come in. Yeah, it, it's a, a very good observation and, and kind of question because Blue Mission's mission is a dual one. Uh, the first part of it is what we spoke about, which is to bring clean water and sanitation to these communities. But the second part that's no less important is to try to teach the volunteers that come with us the importance of coming back home and being different, the importance of coming back home with a greater level of consciousness for those most in need. So we like to say that we are inspiring people in this eight-day, call it, opportunity to help others to also become better global citizens, coming back home and now uh, making a decision in your life, whether you become a doctor, an engineer, or you already are a doctor, an engineer, or an attorney somewhere else, or doing something, you know, the regular normal way in the first world, what can you do to help others, others that might be in need? So it's about helping both sides of the fence. You know, the first world goes to the third world, but learns how to be a better first world member. So as you go through that, and your people experience this, and now that you've You've gone through this model with 10 years of experience. What kind of feedback and what kind of reactions do your volunteers give back to you as a result of this conversation we just had? What are you hearing from them? It's amazing. Uh, I mean, we, uh, I believe if, if my statistics are right, I think that historically we've had over 60 to 70 percent of our volunteers come with us more than once. So just awesome. from the get-go, people want to come back. 
And then when you have certain members, like, you know, a high school student that goes off to the university and maybe doesn't have a chance to come back, we still keep hearing from them. Uh, we still have them participate in other ways, you know, virtual events. Um, they still communicate. A, a community has been built within the Blue, Blue Missions. We call it the Blue Family. And we have people that have come with us in year one that are still fully connected with us in different ways. There is a group that, you know, become the, call it, you know, fanatics of Blue Missions that will come for four <laughs> or five years in a row. And eventually these, usually it's young men and women that are in high school and go to universities that still, you know, stick with us. They will then be interns for Blue Missions. And what that means is they will go and travel and stay with us throughout the entire summer and help moderate and lead the new high school students that may come in for their first experience. There's a lot of connections that have stayed with us, you know, throughout the 10 years that to this day are still Blue Family. That is cool. You gave me a great segue into the the question I was going to ask is that what opportunities exist for volunteers within Blue Missions? I mean, we had discussed prior to starting our discussion that COVID has changed the perspective of how you operate. But, you know, if you were to treat me as a person who knew nothing of the organization, but I was interested, I felt the calling, what are my options? How can I begin to look at this as a, as a way to get involved? Yeah, my son likes to say that everyone is called to serve and everyone is called to serve in their own specific way. So he, I quote him by saying that in the spectrum of giving, you could always find a way within Blue Missions on how to help. For example, you know, it could be someone that, you know, really is passionate about the cause but cannot go on a plane and travel with us for whatever reason. But that person has the capability of either, A, helping us monetarily with a donation that could help, you know, what it is we're trying to achieve, other things that we're trying to create within our programs. That's one way. That person might be connected to other schools, other churches, or corporations that may be willing to travel with us. And they might be a source to connect us with someone that might be interested in joining us. We currently are, with COVID, you know, things changed, obviously, but yeah. um, we, before COVID, were starting to connect with corporations for leadership training opportunities, you know, giving people a chance to get out of their boardrooms and into the field and learn how to work together as a team. And, oh, by the way, you help the family get a new bathroom or, oh, by the way, you help the community of 100 families receive water for the first time in their generation. I mean, these are incredible achievements that we're able to Absolutely. see. And a volunteer will be able to live and see in an eight-day period with one of our trips. So there's just so many benefits. And just imagine that group that comes from a corporation on a trip goes back home to their work environment they're going to work differently. You know, just remember what they experienced and share that with others within their company and, and just be better people um, and probably more productive as well. And I think one of the points that I really want to stress here, um, mentioned it several times through your, your statement there, but sharing what your experience was like with others, helping to call attention to the organization 
is just as important as volunteering yourself. Exactly. Because exactly. the more people, the more people share it. And 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 then in this day of social media, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you onto the the podcast was yes, we can go Twitter. Yes, we can go Facebook. We have YouTube. We have websites, and you're you're very well versed in all of those areas. But the more that we can call attention to it and steer people towards those avenues to learn how they, if they feel the pull, if they feel the call to action, there's ways for them to get involved. And for someone that's listening to our conversation right now, just the fact that you would retweet the podcast, that you would share it with something or someone inside your network is just as important as being a volunteer because in the true sense of the word, you just volunteered. You acted on Absolutely. it. And so Absolutely. I, I want to, I really want to drive that home because one of the challenges that I, I've learned as I'm working with nonprofits, people feel the desire to make a difference. They feel a desire to do something. The real barrier is they don't know how. They, the, the call yeah. to action and the connection of how they can become involved doesn't necessarily click intuitively. And and I think that's the part I really want to highlight from this whole conversation. If if a, if someone listening to our conversation right now doesn't know what else to do, just share the message. Yeah, you know, um, you you bring to light something that we are about to officially uh, launch on March twenty second, which is uh, the day that we celebrate uh, throughout the planet World Water Day, and it's a new fundraising mechanism that we are launching called the Source. Um, there's a, there's obviously a play in words here, you know, <laughs> uh, for a water project. The Source is the beginning. It's that spring of water that we need to discover in the middle of the mountains. That's clean water, and that's where our projects commence. It's so far away from the town that the community cannot drink water from there, but with our projects, we get to find it, build what we need to build, and bring that water, that source of life to this community. And that's a monthly giving program that we're launching that's on our website that people could go on. And what I tell people is you could join the monthly giving program for as low as $5 a month. $5 a month is $60 a year. That's a cup of we coffee. We spend $60. Yeah, we spend $60 a year in a nice restaurant, you know, and, and that's without drinks, right? Yeah. And uh, for $60, you would be able to bring clean water to two individuals because the average price is $30 to bring clean water to someone within a community. Sometimes you may not be able to go on a trip, as I said before, and you mentioned, but with a simple donation to something like a monthly giving program, you are guaranteeing two new people per year to receive clean water. And the wonderful thing about what we're planning with this source is that we are going to make a donor promise where we're going to communicate with you on a monthly basis and show you exactly what the impact of your donation is doing. So you will stay connected with us. In a certain way, you will be connected with Blue Missions for as long as you are a member of that source. I'm curious, when you talk about this, uh, and I should have posed this question to you sooner, on average, how many, uh, is, is mission the appropriate word? How many missions does the, the organization t do within a year on average? 
Um, and, and just to to maybe you know kind of add to to your your word on mission, we we call it a mission trip. We call it a volunteer trip. We we call it a service trip. So you know these these three words kind of kind of get used throughout the vocabulary of, of going out and building these projects. So it's 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 correct to say them each and every one. So the way that we set up our calendars, you know, pre-COVID is we have a sort of sign-up period where we launch our calendar of trips, and usually that is in late fall, October, November dates, and we launch these dates out, and then people start signing up, right? Schools start signing up, universities start signing up, and, and we have in the calendar something we call an all-ages group. So you and I can sign up to that one, right? We're the, the 40 and over club, right? Um, or 30 and over club. And um, <laughs> once once that happens, we start then scouting these towns and these communities, which is an ongoing pro- process in the Dominican Republic. We have 25 employees in the Dominican Republic uh, that include engineers that are constantly kind of booking these towns, right, and getting these communities ready prior to the volunteers arriving. And then we have something that we call custom trips. So let's just say you, Mark, you have, you know, a large family and and you guys want to go as a family unit on a mission trip or a volunteer trip. You can call me and say, hey, George, I'd like to set something up, but you know what? The best dates for our family is to go in April or to go in July or to go in November. Can we set something up? As long as we have a reasonable amount of time to, to prepare, um, I can set up a custom trip for a group of people at any given point in time. That is dynamic. One of the one of the coolest things that I'm hearing nonprofits shift to as COVID uh, continues to impact us is they are designing experiences that families can take part in. So parents that wish to sit down and instill the mindset of giving back and, you know, mm-hmm. that that mission type of mentality, the nonprofits are starting to shift from a more traditional uh, approach towards giving the family an opportunity to experience things as a family. And I think that is one of the coolest things that I'm hearing shift and you're like the second or third nonprofit that I've spoken with that is showing true creativity and innovation in sitting down and designing things specifically for a family. And that's cool. Yeah. And and for us, that was how it started. You know, I, I went with another organization called LIFO Missions, which is kind of the parent of Blue Missions. And uh, it was two good friends of mine that I knew from the high school uh, days and they had started a nonprofit. At that point in time, it was 20 years prior. Uh, we're talking 14 years ago that I went, or 15. So uh, about 35 years ago, they started. The blend that we had on those trips was, you know, father, son, mother, daughter, mother, son, cousin. So it was that family environment. Um, when Blue started, Danny, my son, who was 19, and Nicole, my daughter, uh, who was 22 at that point in time, their niche, their segment, their demographic was more the high school university student. So Blue in its, in its early stages was more that youth. Now that I've come in to work with them, I call myself that old fogey, you know, kind of dad coming in to, to kind of make things a little different. 
I've, I've instilled more that concept that I came from, which is the full family uh, experience, which is what we lived and I had the wonderful opportunity of doing with my family. I want to be able to propose that to other families as well. That's cool. How many how many uh, children get the chance to hire their parents? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people ask me, how is it working for your son? And, and, and the answer, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> the dynamics change quite often, I'm quite sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the, the one thing, and, and you've, you've alluded to this on several occasions, but um, you know, we just covered traditional ways that volunteers can go, but you had also shared with me that, you know, as a result of COVID, you've got virtual opportunities. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to expound on that, because I think there's the opportunity people can really do. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we talked about fear or not knowing what to do as a reason and a barrier for people not to, do, not to get involved. But now that virtual has become uh, a very expanding way for people to do something. There is no reason not to get involved with the organization that you wish, because now you don't have to be, you know, geography is not the barrier anymore. And and I'd really like you to expand on that, please. Yeah, thank you, Mark. And, um, and yeah, as, as we were talking a bit before going on the podcast, uh, one of the incredible things that happened in a positive way because of COVID was that we were forced to, like every other company, pivot and look at other things that one could do. Um, come COVID, uh, we were forced to cancel all of our summer trips last year. So this average of 30 to 35 trips, over six, 700 volunteers, went from that number to zero in, in 2020. What we did was we had in the and kind of like in the in the back room an idea that stemmed from educating our volunteers once they came back from the volunteer trips. You know what, what we always wanted to do stuff that could be continuous throughout the year. So if a, a group came on a trip in the summer, we always questioned, well, what do we do the rest of the year for them? And one of the things that came out was that we developed a program that was based on the United Nations Sustainable Goals. Um, these are 17 goals that are common to the planet and, and need resolving, and the United Nations created a plan for each one of these goals, and their, their kind of mission objective is to get them resolved by the year 2030. That's kind of at the top end of explaining what the United Nations Sustainable Goals are. So what we did during COVID was we created an online virtual learning program where we took four of the 17 goals and created an educational module that students at middle school, high school, and even universities can take this course and at the end of it, receive a certificate for 20 community service hours. So um, the community service hour certificate is probably one of the benefits of it, right? If you're a high school student, and you need to comply with community service hours. You take this course, you pass the exams, and there you go. You've got the certificate. It's a turnkey solution for what they're being asked to do. That's beautiful. Correct. And especially in the COVID environment where you can't go out now and, let's say, in a safe way, maybe go feed the homeless or, or do something else, this is also a safe way of doing it. So 
the certificate is, is of importance, but the more important part is the educational piece. <clears throat> we did it in a very dynamic way, and we did it with the help of teachers from universities that dealt with curriculum build. So we did a very high quality, you know, call it product here, educational product that will allow students from as far as Alaska uh, to take a course like this and learn about these global issues online. And what we feel is, is that this is planting the seeds of future volunteers. So once again, let's say you cannot go this year on a trip, but you want to get engaged with some of these topics, take our course. It's called Cause Class. It's also on our website. And for a, for a, for a small fee, you're going to be able to get this course, get the certificate, and learn a bit more about blue missions. And who knows, the following year you might have the ability to go on a mission trip. And now that theory that you learned, you can put it into practice eventually. I like how the, the organization is, is thinking strategically because not every opportunity falls into the time frame that's right for the volunteer. Correct. And Correct. you know, and I think that also leads to that fear of commitment. Correct. That that oh I can't give because their perception of what you're going to ask is not really what you're going to ask. And I think, you know, this conversation is important to note because through the strategic planning that you're doing, you're giving people ways to get involved in their terms. And that is that is really cool. And they can build into the family as they grow and their their abilities and expectations grow along with what you're structuring. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I think um, there are no excuses, right? I mean, we 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 sometimes don't know what's going on. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we may not know that there is another world outside of our bubble. But if we start paying attention to some of these things, and it could be through cause class, it could be through an educational module, that will at least give you a glimpse of some of these needs. Um, and, and once you see it, you might then say, you know what, I, I want to know more about it. I want to get involved. So what we hope with cause class is that it will trigger, once again, like a conscious effect in the mind of the student to say, at least I want to learn more about this and see where that life takes him. It may not be blue missions. You know, we're, we're not about, you know, hoarding and, and just bringing everyone to a blue mission trip. If we can get somebody inspired because they they saw something on clean energy from our course or life on land or zero hunger or water and sanitation, which are the four um, goals that get included in this one course, you know, go out there and make an impact with zero hunger or life on land or clean energy. You know, we're all about inspiring the next Blue Mission founders, whatever that need might be and wherever you think your calling is. That is cool. And I, you know, I want to call the attention because so many of my uh, podcast listeners are outside of the United States. Almost 60% of the listeners of this podcast are in India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, areas that truly have a need for what you're discussing in many, many different ways. And if they are not able to take part in Blue Mission specifically, one of the things that our conversation prior to the podcast was, 
it's okay to reach out to you and you have resources and and abilities to connect them with others. And, and I'd like you to talk about that because this is where, again, it may not be Blue Missions that matches your need or your ability, but Blue Missions may be the gateway to help you find what is. That's correct. Um, you know, I've been, I've been officially, you know, member of Blue Missions for the last 18 months. And I came from the corporate world, which was, um, you know, the doggy dog world of competitiveness and hiding information from your competitor and trying to beat him and all of that kind of fun stuff. And one of the things that I've realized in the nonprofit world is that we are a world of sharing best practices. Um, it's not about hiding it. It's about sharing it with others because our ultimate goal is to solve the world's water crisis. 780 million people. Blue Missions cannot do that alone. It's about solving the sanitation crisis. 2.3 billion people. Blue Missions cannot solve that alone. So if there's something, I can help someone in India or Bangladesh or Pakistan or Puerto Rico, which is, you know, close to the Dominican Republic, I want to be able to share as much as I can with whomever wants to try to put forth that effort and solve it in that corner of the world. Awesome. I I guess the the only other question that I would I would pose to you before we wrap up here is if if you had any closing thoughts that you wanted to share that also include this. If if our conversation has reached out to someone and they feel the need and they feel the calling and we've inspired you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, you know, a couple of things. One is you can you can definitely visit our website, which is uh, www.bluemissions.org. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Blue Missions, uh, or you can reach out to me personally. My my name is George with a J, J O R G E at bluemissions.org, and we're more than happy to. Uh, connect with you and, and share with you more of what we do and how you can get involved. We're uh, a small group down here in South Florida, Miami, Florida, of uh, about seven employees. Uh, we have a staff of 25 in the Dominican Republic. Um, that's pretty much our, our entire team. And, um, and that would be the best way, just to connect with us and uh, send us an email or follow us, and that way you'll be much more in tune with what's going on with Blue Missions. I really want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today, share the mission, and I really want to encourage anybody that's listening now, if you feel the need, if you feel the pull, get involved. It doesn't require much. Just simply retweeting the podcast could be an act that could change somebody else's life. It's the small things that matter and that make a difference. George, thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. If you like what you're hearing on the show, make the choice to subscribe today. The show is gaining listeners all over the world, and we're grateful for your support. If you have any thoughts or comments about the show, reach out to us at makeadifferencenow2020 at gmail.com. You can also learn more show notes and other information about the podcast on our website, www.makeadifferencepodcast.com. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode.